Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've got the spas, the sickness. There's the twins in my Hola brain. Hola a todos. Welcome to the second episode of Domestic Podcast. Three weeks after our first episode about Tokyo 2020, we are sitting here again. We saw a magnificent race in Tokyo with Carapaz winning and Wout van Aert coming closely in second after a huge race on the Mikuni Pass. Today we're going to talk about La Vuelta, a three-week stage race in Spain. Next to me we have Hannes. Welcome Hannes. Hi Yves. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Looking forward to uh, the three-week race in Spain. Before we go deeper into La Vuelta, how was your feeling about the Olympics and how did you enjoy it? I liked it very much. It was a magnificent race. Wout van Aert was clearly one of the strongest riders in the race, as we expected. But after all, although the tension was high, but Carapaz is the more than deserved winner of the golden medal. So, Did that Olympic title uh, make his season good after maybe disappointing to the France? Yeah, of course. I think so. Um, winning the golden medal at the Olympics is probably a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so he'll be happy about his season for sure, no matter what happens now. Will it have an impact on uh, La Vuelta? I don't, I don't think it will impact the Vuelta that much, because for me Bernal will be the big leader of Ineos, and if he fails, then maybe Carapaz can become the leader. But I don't think... No, it won't change a lot, I think. So we have been watching the the stages before we recorded this. And we saw quite a mix of sprint stages, stages for a break and GC stages. I suggest we just run over them quickly. Uh, can you start? The Vuelta begins with a short prologue of 7 kilometers. It isn't the hardest time trial, but there's a small uphill section in there. So it could be that Roglic is already in red from day one. The second day is the first opportunity for the sprinters in the bunch. So maybe we'll see the first victory of Fabio Jakobsen on the highest level in cycling again. Then day three is the first mountain, being the Picon Blanco, ending the stage. Uh, isn't that the stage Evenepoel won in Burgos last year, if I remember correctly? Yes, that's the one. Um, and as I remember, it isn't that easy. It's a pretty hard climb, so there will be differences there. And uh, imagine if, like, if you say Roglic takes red in the opening time trial, will he or his team defend it on Picon Blanco, the first mountain stage of this Vuelta, knowing what's coming the next couple of uh, weeks? Well, I expect Jumbo being very strong this Vuelta, so I think if they can win the stage again, they'll do it, so... I don't see if Roglic is already in red, why they should lose it. Okay. So after Picon Blanco, we have two opportunities again for the sprinters before heading to day six. Stage six brings us to Alejandro Valverde territory. It's the first real test for him, 
because the finish is laying on a small hill, 1.9k with an average gradient of 9.7%. The day after we see quite a hard stage with 3700 vertical meters. I think it's gonna be a break stage, but maybe a GC team who lost some time in the first days can try something there. Stage 8 is a flat stage, easy, sprinters, Jakobsen versus Ewan, we don't know. Stage 9 is a second real mountain stage, 4700 vertical meters, with a finish on Alto de Velerfique, 13.1k with an average gradient of 7.2%. The next three days are breakaway opportunities, or it may be that we see two races within the race, one for the victory of the day and one for the GC. Do you think there might be some guys who already lost some time earlier in La Velta who try to claim back some time? It depends on who it is. I don't think the big guns will take back a lot of time in these stages. They might take back some time, but not, not four or five minutes for example. But it's, it's possible that we see a rider as, as Guillaume Martin, what he did in, in Tour de France. It might happen again, but as I say, not with the big guns. So you don't really see it happening like uh, O'Connor in the Tour de France? Who got in the break and uh, like really stayed quite, uh, quite high in the GC in Paris? Again, it depends on who it is. I don't think that a big name will be allowed to do it, but... Maybe a guy like uh, Ciccone, he can do those things, but it will still surprise me. It's like the the feel of the mo feeling of the moment and the GC at that point who will uh, decide if it's gonna happen and Jumbo or the leader's team. Yes, I do think so. And then I think stage 14 will again be a GC day, ending with a climb to Pico Villuercas, a 14 kilometer long climb with an average of 6.3%. So after that we're going to the final week of La Verta. Uh, it's really a hard week with a lot of vertical meters, starting with stage 15, 3800 vertical meters. This might be a GC day, but it depends again on the classification at that point. After that we have a break stage. Uh, it's actually relatively easy with only 2000 vertical meters. So maybe uh, Aramburu can survi survive there, not sure. Uh, after that we have two monstrous stages, 4000 vertical meters and 4800 vertical meters. On paper the last three stages look quite boring, let's say. It's not like the real mountain stages we expect in La Vuelta, but they are still really hard. Uh, like the day before the last time trial, it's 4,000 vertical meters with a lot of up and down. It aren't really high mountains, but it's just never flat. And of course, stage 21, time trial, 30k, 636 vertical meters. Like, yeah. That final time trial is pretty similar to the one in Tokyo, no? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, who's gonna beat Roglic on that stage? How much time does the other GC contenders need to be able to win it, La Vuelta? Well, I think that last time trial, it suits Roglic very well. I think he can be one and a half minutes behind the leader of La Vuelta and he, he will still be able to win it, I think. This is a problem for everyone except Roglic. Roglic can ride defensively like 20 days, going to the last time trial obliterate everyone yes all the others they they need to get rid of him can we get like a pokachar scenario to the france last year 
I think so, but with that difference that this time Roglic might win it. Okay, now we can uh, have a look at the participant list. Like it's the day we are recording it, it's not fully known yet. But like the big teams already published a lot of names. Let's filter some of the big teams out. Ineos Grenadiers. Well, as I see it, there are two big teams in there, being Ineos and Jumbo Visma. Ineos is on paper maybe the strongest one, with Bernal, Carapaz and Adam Yates as the three main leaders. Although I think Bernal will be the main favorite. And their biggest opponent is, as I said, Jumbo Visma, with the big leader Primoz Roglic, the defending champion. But he has a pretty strong team around him as well, with some super domestiques. Robert Geesink, they have Steven Kruiswijk, they have Koen Bouwman, Sepp Koes, Sam Omen. Those guys are really strong in the mountains. And what do you expect from Thomas Pitcock? It's hard to say. It's his first Grand Tour. And he has a lot of good riders beside him, so... He might be a domestique as well, but with that difference that he'll he'll get some space to have some fun as well, I think. So like if we go back to Picon Blanco, the third day, if I remember correctly, who is their pick or who is going to be setting the pace? I think Dylan van Baarle and Pavel Sivakov, they will be really important. As I said, Pitcock, he'll be the one who need to work the least, I think. And then, yeah, we have Bernal, Carapaz and Yates. As I said, I think Bernal is the big, big favorite for them. So I think Carapaz, he'll be domestique as well this time. So if Bernal drops, are the, other wait- are the others waiting? Or are they keeping one with favorites? Well, then they, they're lucky they're, they have three names. But I think one of those two, Carapaz or Yates, they'll have to wait. Okay. And uh, besides Jumbo and Ineos... Who is the biggest opponent? Well, first of all, we have seen Vuelta Burgos and like the Landa is riding enormous again. Like the form he's showing, the form the team is showing actually, like already starting back in Tour de France with Mohoric. Do you think the Bahrain team is on the same level as Jumbo Visma and Ineos? That's a hard question. Like Ineos has three, maybe even four riders capable of winning it. Jumbo Visma is the opposite. They just one guy on top. Everyone works for that guy. Bahrain also has a bit of the concept of Jumbo with Landa on top. But of course, um, Damiano Caruso is there. He was on the podium in the Giro. I don't remember. Second, I guess. Um, and then like Padun. In the Dauphiné, two stages, going with the GC guys, Gino Meder. That team is very close to the Jumbo and Ineos team, in my opinion. Alright, we haven't talked about Movistar yet. Is that a surprise? Movistar will be Movistar, no? You're talking about the tactics. Yeah, they let Quintana go, uh, so they don't have all the leaders in one Grand Tour. Now they go to La Vuelta. They're going with Lopez, Mas, Valverde. It's... I don't believe in them. Let's say it that way. Alright, one more team to discuss. UAE. They're in Spain without Pogacar. What can we expect of them? Well, to be honest, when I first saw the the list of UAE, I was rather disappointed. But when looking closely to it, they actually 
are bringing a really good team again and it's like UAE is not only Pogacar but winning La Velta will be really hard like Micah when he was do- domestique for today he rode magnificent like his ride on the phone 2 was good top 5 maybe when they are lucky we've been talking a lot about the GC but there's also a points classification is there a chance a sprinter will win that classification uh, I don't think so because if we uh, I've just been looking to the point class- classification of last year and like Roglic won it with like 100 points in front of the second uh, the rule system of points in La Vuelta is quite strange in comparison with Tour de France every stage has the same amount of points awarded it's 25 points for the first one so if Jakobsen for example wins a sprinter stage uh, there are five sprint stage five and a half maybe and who do you see winning them we have five sprint stages is is there one rider who win them all or I think I can talk for a lot of cycling fans that we really want to see Jakobsen take at least one Ewan is one of the fastest men on the planet at this point. But I don't see like one sprinter dominate it all. Now, who's going to make a target from the best climber classification before La Vuelta starts? So not a GC guy who just got dropped and try something else. Well, then I think we need to look for a team who doesn't really have a GC guy. So a rider who will get some freedom... And I think you have Israel Startup Nation with Frederik Hagen, he's a good climber. You have Ajay Dezer with a lot of good guys. Bouchard, he's won it before. We have Jean Poussin, he's a good climber as well. I think we need to look for a rider with, with that profile. But of course, it's, it's difficult guessing that. We need to talk about one rule, a very special rule in this Vuelta that we don't see in Giro and in the Tour. Can you explain it to us? Uh, it's about the bonification system. So uh, there are bonification sprints together with the point sprints, intermediate sprints. But there are as well some bonus sprints on some mountains. Like for example, the first mountain bonus sprint is day 3. Uh, the mountain before Picon Blanco, Albo de Bocos. It's a 2.7k at 6.5%. I don't think there will be raced quite hard for the bonification seconds because it's only 3 seconds, 2 seconds and 1 second. The profile of La Vuelta is so hard, especially with the last time trial. I don't think it will depend on 3 seconds, 2 seconds and 1 second. I don't think so either. One last question, Eve. The weather in Spain, what does it look like? Well, we can see... Four weeks in advance, of course, but the start in Burgos is going to be really hot with like 38 degrees on starting day with a time trial and 37 at stage two. It's going to be brutally hot. Like when looking at the news, there is fire everywhere as well. So I don't I hope it don't it doesn't impact the riders as well. It's going to be huge, that temperature. Okay. One last prediction, Eve. If we assume that Ineos and Jumbo Visma will take two places on the podium, which team and which rider do you think will be the third? I think it's going to be Bahrain Victorious Landismo.
And you say that because you like him or? I love the guy. <laughs> I'm honest. And who do All you right. think? Who, who do you think? I'd say Landa as well. And not because I'm a super fan as you are. I am a fan though. But I saw him riding in Burgos and he was pretty strong. He has a strong team around him. So I think this is his chance to be on the podium again. Uh, one last thing, like we haven't talked about it at all. EF is starting with Uran and Karti. Do they have a spot on the podium? I think they're the team that a lot of people might forget. Uran showed some weaknesses in the tour, but was very good in Tokyo. And Karti, yeah, he's the rider everyone forgets all the time. Although he's very strong. If I have to choose Landa or Karti for the third podium spot, or maybe more, I s I'd say that Landa is stronger. All right. Thank you, Hannes, for coming today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it here. It's uh, quite late in the evening after a hard day of work. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks. And uh, see you next time. Hasta la próxima. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.